Warning, the following podcast contains spoilers for the movie Inception, the movie Memento, and an episode of Black Mirror, the one about virtual reality. Also, there is some misinformation in this episode. I recorded this a while ago, and some information about movie theaters and Disney Plus were not quite clear at the time. Don't ever take me seriously or think that I know anything. I don't. I don't know anything. Welcome to the Distump Podcast. This is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? Today, I am joined by June and Tad of the Puzzled Minds Podcast. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Miles. Thank you. Um, Okay, so today we decided, well, you guys decided that we were going to talk about Inception. But first, Mm -hmm. a brief history. Inception is the 2010 classic by Christopher Nolan. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio playing Dominic Cobb. The cast also includes Tom Hardy, Alan Page, Cillian Murphy, Ken Watanabe, Dilip Rao, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The general gist of this movie, even though it's a mind-bender and it would be really difficult to explain, is that there's a machine that allows you to enter people's dreams. That machine then can be brought into a dream where you can put someone to sleep while they're already asleep and enter their next level of dream. This goes on pretty much indefinitely. The deeper you are into someone's dream, the more you can affect their subconscious. Once you're within someone's dream, you can try and put ideas into their head to convince them to do things. Their task in this movie is to convince the son of a business mogul to disrupt his father's empire. Dominic Cobb is on the run from a faceless organization trying to get back to his family. This is his one last job in the dream state. Or is it? There's a lot of controversy as to what the actual plot of this movie is. Is it all just a dream? Well, let's speculate a little in this episode of The Distum. Had you guys seen this before you were going to do this podcast with me? Uh, yeah, Inception actually is in my uh, top is in my top five favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Me too. I last time I saw this was probably when it first came out. So what, 2010? 2010. Yep. And I haven't like touched it since. Like I was when I was trying to rewatch it again. Um, I was like, fuck it, I need to figure out where I can watch this because you know I asked everyone that I knew I was like, hey, do you got a DVD of of Inception? They're like, what the fuck? I'm like. Why would we carry DVDs? So I had to like search on like Amazon and all that stuff. And luckily Amazon Prime had it. So I just watched it on there for free. So, oh, that's good. I yeah, thought it was I on Netflix, but I it is. But you need to have it like in like a VPN to use it in like the UK and oh, somewhere like else. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need like a VPN to like change your location to another, I guess, country because it's in like three countries right now UK and two other ones. Well, I'm glad you're able to find it for free. 
because I'd have felt bad if you had to pay for it. <laughs> oh, trust me. Yeah, I was I was going to exude every single way. Like Tidio had mentioned, um, you know, going on mega videos, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna get a virus for for Inception. Sacrifice so. your uh, laptop to the computer gods. Yeah, for Inception. <laughs> so I mean. There are a few movies that would be worth it. This one might be one of them, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) If you could find a mega video, a link of this, I'd be impressed. I'd be more impressed about that than actually getting a virus of it. I mean, I'm not even necessarily sure I know what that is, so I trust you in that it's hard to do. Oh, okay. Okay, never mind. You don't get the joke then. Essentially, mega video, for whatever reason, they always came with viruses. Like back in the day when you were trying to find whatever... (laughs) video whether it be porn or like a movie porn, or maybe porn yeah. <laughs> there's a mega link video and every single time you'd be you would catch a virus so that's why i was like you know i studio had mentioned that you know go find out on mega video and i was like yeah no i'm not i'm not gonna fucking yeah. get a virus i mean this. the thing about mega video was it always had things in the best quality that oh, it did. could have come out like two weeks ago and still in theaters and you would still find like a decent you know copy of it you know on mega video so that's the reason why there's always a joke. They always say like it's worth this virus you'll probably get because you'll get an HD version of like let's say Avengers Endgame, but your uh, laptop will get the blue screen of death. So it's like which do you value more? <laughs> well, I have multiple computers for reasons such as this. Like I'm like Ooh. okay, this computer is for doing this, and this computer is for doing that. And there definitely was once a porn computer, but now it's basically a smoking pile of ash in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Bukaki. computer. Yep, you don't want to get that inside your computer. It just it gums up the works. Anyway, this took a real gross turn. Um, uh, did you did you guys pick up anything this time around from your watch of Inception that you might have missed uh, before? Yeah, I mean, with Inception, it always changes my point of view on like certain things. But the one thing I always, the one thing I actually, um. I learned was that that hallway scene of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character when he's mm-hmm. running down the hallway and it starts turning. That scene is actually taken from a specific anime, and I'm forgetting the name. But I actually, I um, I was I was watching like some random anime, like maybe like a week or two ago, and I actually saw a side by side comparison of the whole thing of him like the hallway turning, he's running. It was taken scene by scene. It was pretty cool. That's and with Christopher Nolan, yeah, Chris, knowing Christopher Nolan, he probably paid homage to that anime, but. Typically, Inception, I always see it at least, you know, I'll say like once every two years. Before, I used to always see it playing on, on the FX channel. Yeah. It always, I would always be in the middle of it. It'd always be like some random scene, whether it's like the ending, where it's like that, that snowmobile scene where they were chasing each other, or it's like the beginning where pretty much uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like Doctor Strange turning the world around and stuff. Mm. But the theme of, of a fake reality versus your actuality is better has always been the central theme for me. And I always change my mind because sometimes I always think that, okay, well, at first, when I first saw the movie, I was like, I would rather know that the world I live in is real and everything in it is actually happening than live in a false reality. And actually, as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, your reality is what you make it. So if you live in a world that like was basically the same as the real world, the only difference is that you know it's not real. What is the real difference? You know? And even with the ending of that movie, it kind of like almost like goes to that point because he decides to stay with his, you know, kid. Well, I guess the debate is that he st- whether he stays or not. But I like to believe that he got stuck in the dream. Yeah, I, I like to believe that he-, he got out. But this most recent time, I'm not convinced. I was really scrutinizing it. And I feel like I found a lot of evidence that he was still in the dream when he was in his reality. Okay, so I was going to wait, but let's say fuck it. So I 
when I um, when I first watched this, I watched it just to watch it. Like I didn't really understand it. And this was like ten years ago, so I was like twenty something. But when I watched it recently, I, I saw a lot of things, and then I looked up some like theories. I guess you know. Um, so for instance, we don't really know what Cobb's um, totem is. You know, we always see that it's uh, was it Mal? What's mm-hmm. her name? Mal. Yep. Um, hers is like that little totem, but I think people had said that Cobb's totem is his wedding ring, and mm. in the last scene he doesn't have it. Oh, oh good shit. catch! Yeah, you know, and good so catch. it would work because it's his specific object. Only he knows what it is, like how much it weighs, and he's the only one that's touched it. Mm. Very and, interesting. And so. Um, Michael Caine had said something about how his character never appeared in dreams. And so he always, he shows up at the very end with like, you know, when he sees, when Cobb sees his kids. Yeah. So by Michael Caine showing up, that means, so if Michael Caine's character never appeared in dreams, that is reality. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I heard that Christopher Nolan had announced when enough people harassed him about it, he goes, uh, the top falls, he's in reality. Leave me alone. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really? wait, 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 wait. what did he say he basically said like the top will fall right after the credits and he's in reality stop asking me questions about it i'm tired of talking about inception <laughs> so he's he said it but it sounded like a cop-out i mean technically like this is the thing that there's like there's like so many ways that i dissect that because ultimately he is the creator of the movie so therefore whatever he says technically goes right so if he says it didn't fall then that's the truth if he says it did fall you know it's true but it's almost like this, it's almost like that scene, um, this is kind of going to seem like a side tangent, but in Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone always asks, yeah, James Gunn, yeah, what uh, Baby Groot was actually a copy of the original Groot or what exactly he was. And, he, and James Gunn said, it's his child. So he can, the, the point is, he can make up whatever he wants it to be because he's the creator of it, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing, I think the beauty of that ending was, not knowing and that was the biggest thing that was alluring about it where it's like you don't know and i think by giving it an answer kind of ruins it to a certain degree mm-hmm. like it's still a fabulous film don't get me wrong like i love that movie to death like it can go toe-to-toe in the ring of a lot of movies these days and that movie came out like over something like what 2000 and was it like nine 10, or something 10, 10? 2010. yeah yeah movies literally a decade old and i have still yeah i can honestly say i have still yet to see an original an original film that beats it, like period. Everything I've seen that's pretty good has always been based off original source material. Mm. So I always kind of have a hard time being like, all right, well, this is not an original idea. This is something that you just basically amped up that was already done. But that ending, man, like with the top cutting, the cop, the top wobbles a little bit. And I think that's the thing that people always sit there and are like, well, a top in real life would wobble as well too. So also, it can, um, I think the, they established the physics in that movie are whatever they need to be, but for the most part, are pretty grounded. Like, only specific people that know it's a dream can do whatever. So the top wobbling, there's an argument to be had that it doesn't mean that it necessarily was going to fall over. It could have just been simulating a real-life top. Oh, shit. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Oh, damn. That, uh, that, make, that changes it a little bit, because I just assume that if you are in a dream, then it would, you know, what? Well, no, you have, don't you have to assume that? Because he said that, you know, if, 
like how how does the totem work again with like in the dream? Like it won't it won't top over. It, well, the the top specifically, yeah. It, it does, but do they all work the same way, or is it like each one has a different way of showing that you're in reality? Uh, Arthur Joseph Gordon Levitt, his is a loaded die that if he rolls it and it's the number that he wants it to be, then he knows he's awake. And uh, well, the girl Ariadne, hers was a chess piece that she carved the center out of it. And I don't know what exactly hers was supposed to do, but they all had like different things that they would do to. Okay. So, so Joseph Gordon Levitt basically was he rolled his dice. And it had to be a specific number. Wouldn't that mean he's still in a dream? Because you couldn't, you shouldn't have control over that, right? Oh, it's weighted. Oh, it's weighted. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's a guy. Okay. So it should always be the same number. But if it's not that number, then he's still stuck in the dream. Yeah. Dude, that that movie is so man. Because good guy. Because like the thing about it also as well too. It's like I think that what would happen in reality is that eventually you would go insane. Like there should be a dream jumping cap because you would like his like uh what's his name uh dicaprio's character's wife in the beginning remember how she went insane like i think that's what would happen to the average person mm-hmm. because if everything is so real because the part that's scary about that film is that when you jump into a dream you don't see something outrageous you don't see like all of a sudden a dragon smoking a blunt flying around You're like oh that's not real so i know i'm in a dream <laughs> no everything is real as if it was in real life and is one minute detail that tells you you're in a dream eventually it's like your brain i don't think the human brain is meant to handle stuff like that so there's that part even in the end because i i think he got like kind of jumping back a reason why i think he got stuck was because there's a part where he sees his kids and this is a testament to how great of an actor caprio is in his face you can see that he literally says one look that i don't care whether it's a dream or not because he sees his kids remember Mm-hmm. And I and I remember the I remember the oh yeah this is the reason why I always thought it was a dream because I remember the every single time you see his kids you always see them in that specific scenario right I think they're like running outside or something like that right mm-hmm. and the biggest thing was that I guess like when it's when it was in his mind his son or like his daughter they would never turn around I think that was one of the things people always said you would never see their face so that's why in the end when you see his kids when he sees his kids the big thing was oh. You saw his son's face finally turn around, so therefore he's in reality. But I remember someone pointed out something to me that said that it, he, if you look at his kids, his son is wearing the same shirt he has in all of his hallucinations of his kids. Yep. And he like he could have looked at his son at his kids' faces, but he was afraid he was going to lose grip on what reality was, so he was avoiding looking at them because he didn't want to like feel emotionally connected and stuck more than he already was. So he could have seen their faces at any time. He just actively stopped himself from doing it until the end. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's not like he didn't know what his kids looked like. Right. So, yeah. So he, I mean, but ultimately his happy place was being with his kids. And I think that's the more important message where your reality, like whatever you want your reality to be is ultimately more important. Because with him, going back to, I guess, the quote unquote real world, he wasn't happy with it. And right. being with his kids and that is something, I guess, far better because everyone always says, like, he's stuck. That was his fate. I will look at it in terms of, like, if he's happy, man, it's not necessarily bad. But the one thing I've always been questioned, I always question is if you get stuck in a dream or get stuck in your head or somebody else's head, how does aging work, essentially? Yeah, because they, they lived, like, 50 years in the ultimate dream world at the bottom. 
Mm. But then Saito was down there and he looked like a California raisin at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I remember, yeah. So, like, that is a good question. How's aging work? Because mm-hmm. there was a couple scenes of them, like, holding hands as they were old or whatever. But yeah. also, he was not old for most of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because that, that, yeah, that was the thing. Because I guess the bottom, if you go in the bottom, you, I guess you, you cap out at 50 years, or was it you age? Because I remember, like, the more you deep dive into a dream, the time starts running very odd, right? Because I remember they were like, low right is that what it is it gets yeah but it's lower because remember they were in the van while they even hopped to i think the next level and they were actively falling down a hill which probably would take maybe like 13 seconds in that the the realm in which it happened but when they were in the dream they had like like almost like what hours to do whatever they had to do yeah because the time ran slower yeah, level one is a week, level two is six months, and level three was ten years. So beyond that, I imagine it would get really, really long. Yeah. So I was so you had mentioned, you know, like what if Cobb was trapped in the in the dream world? So there, here's another thing that they had mentioned as an, as another theory that Cobb might actually be trapped in the dream world and not his wife. And um, you know, his the story of like his wife jumping was her actually jumping out and killing herself, you know, that way she can she can remove herself from the dream world. Yeah. And Cobb couldn't do that. And so all this thing happened in in Cobb's mind. And then whenever you see Mal, it's her actually trying to go back into the dream world and essentially like save him and wake him up. I was thinking that I was thinking along those lines but at the same time I don't think every time you see her is her re-entering his dream which is what makes me doubt it because Mm -hmm. she like knows her way around and everything that Cobb knows yeah true but she also is like actively out to like fuck up his friends and Mm -hmm. stuff as much as him so if it was really her what would her motivation be for like kneecapping Joseph Gordon-Levitt very good point. Yeah, because he was trying to sabotage them the entire, the entire uh, time. Yeah, that was another question I had though. Is like he's trying to convince her that she's not in reality, but he wanted her to kill herself. Why didn't he just kill her? Like I, they'll wake up uh, and be like, "Oh, that was a crazy dream." So why didn't he just kill her instead of trying to convince her to kill herself? Well, I think he was trying to convince her not to. He was trying to. Oh, you, oh yeah. I mean, I remember yeah when they were stuck. Well. I guess that's the whole dilemma. That's like the Hollywood plot line where essentially there's always, and even the most intricate movies, there's always one, there's always one like kind of like plot hole where you're like, all of a sudden, why didn't you just do this? But that's the part that you kind of have to almost put out of your mind because you're 100% right. Yeah, he should have even given her a choice. You know, you should have like shot her. But I guess, I guess the point of it, it wouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to have like the rest of the film if you just, did that because that's obviously yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm like no hell no dude like relax bam you're gone you know like see we're not in that but maybe also as well too does it do you have to consciously do it or you get your mind gets scrambled like if i if i'm still actively in there and someone just abruptly kicks me out do i just get forced out or i don't know maybe it's some sort of like elaborate detail they can kind of like explain that's a good question but, like, there's a whole lot of things that I was just like, now, wait a minute. If they can do this, why can't they do that this time around? I never experienced that, like, except for this time around. So, like, when uh, Tom Hardy's like, you mustn't be afraid to dream a bit bigger, dog. Oh, yeah. And he pulls out a grenade thrower. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just put on, like, a Gundam suit or something? Like, turn into a Transformer. 
You're right. Yeah, your imagination is basically your. I mean, you're limited your in there, box. but. But I think is it still based in reality? Is it still based in reality to a certain degree? Like, for example, all the things that they were using were weapons they could use in real life. Even when they were folding reality on on itself, that was the only element that became, I guess you could say, like supernatural. But everything else was real. Like I couldn't manifest. I don't. I don't know if they could manifest something that didn't really exist. If that makes sense. Yeah, because like there was that. I guess yeah, you're right. Because that scene where the train comes in, you know, from yeah. Cobb's mind. I guess mm-hmm. whatever it fucked up the whole um, van scene. Yeah. You know, like the the train is something I guess that we have in real life, and it came out of nowhere. But I guess you know, like you had mentioned that there's not really there's not really any signs of I don't want to say extraterrestrial, but non-human things coming. Like into play, I guess. Yeah, paranormal entities, yeah. I guess, that come into play. Yeah, how they conduct themselves is what's the supernatural element. Like, like, like the of the train coming out of nowhere, or what's his name, um, Tom Hardy's character manifesting a gun out of nowhere. That stuff is the supernatural element. But I don't think you could do like Ready Player One style and just like morph into a Gundam suit or you know bring yeah. <laughs> this because I think you have to have a basic understanding of what you're trying to manifest. Because yeah, they. But that's, I think that's the loophole because I don't think that, I didn't think in, in that movie at all, there was anything that was completely like, wait a second, what the hell is that? Everything was always like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen right now. But other than that, I think everything was pretty, pretty grounded. That's a, that's a solid theory because they shouldn't have even had to bring the chemist in if they didn't need his like understanding of sedatives. True. Yeah, so, exactly. like, he wouldn't have even been in there if they didn't need his, like, knowledge. So I wonder if, like, there was a guy who designed robots came in, then all of a sudden everyone had robot armor, but... Yeah. Hmm. I think it would still have to be in the realm of that man's knowledge. I guess the at the rate in which you construct these things tends to be probably what is, you know, the supernatural element where you can just be like, all right, I'm going to... This thing would take normally 20 years to build. I'm going to build it in 30 seconds. I, I just know I need one of those machines. Do you guys ever lucid dream? Like, have you ever done that? No, I've heard stories and it sounds really cool. I, if, if I could get it to a state like that, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Funny thing about it. I've had multiple dreams in which in the dream, I knew I was dreaming. It was the strangest thing ever. And there were two scenarios. I still remember. There was one where I was running from, I was running from someone. And I remember as I was running, I was like, oh, thank God, this is a dream. And I said that in the dream. And I knew, I knew what it was. And then I remember there was another time where some, there was another time where something, I, I think something like heinous, like it was something wild, like not good, like along the lines of like accidentally killing somebody or something. And I remember <laughs> having a sigh of relief, like, oh, even though that person fell off this 10-store building, this shit ain't real. Whew, thank God. And I remember when I woke up, I still had the anxiety as anxiety that I had in that dream of like, oh, crap, I did something. But for that moment, that thought I had of, thank God, it's a dream. I was like between two worlds. It felt as if because I knew I was aware that I was sleeping. Mm. And I've only had that experience, but I've never had anything along the lines of like, obviously, like Inception style stuff. I don't know if that's really possible. I think you probably have to ingest some heavy drugs to, to do that. But. Yeah. For seems sure. Cool. And also that seems scary to you because if you think about it, your mind is your command base, right? What if if you think it's that real, 
you arguably could suffer the effects of as if it were real. Like if you thought like that's what they say the difference between the reason why virtual reality may be very scary for people is that you if it gets too realistic, your brain might know the difference. You may have like a seizure seeing like a grenade or something like that and thinking it is or falling off a building and then I don't know, you'll have a heart attack in real life or something like that. I mean, mostly the only times I've ever quote unquote lucid dreams were like in between the snooze button on the alarm. Like you lay back down and you're like, <laughs> okay, I just need a little bit more sleep. And then you can like still kind of fall into the dream you were in, but it's different now because you know you were dreaming. So you kind of can manipulate it a little bit, but it's only in like those really light stages of sleep that I feel like I can like use my imagination to control it in any way. But the people who claim that they can do it like all night long, I can't imagine mm-hmm that to be like real at all yeah yeah i was gonna say that you know like what are i don't i don't know if there's any studies on how lucid dreaming affects your body you know internally in terms of like your brain chemistry or anything like that but i would assume that's not a that's not a good thing you know to lucid dream throughout the whole night and then i guess constantly do that but can you is lucid dreaming in a very vague sense inception it has. I mean, arguably, I think that's what it is. I think Inception, the film, is just uh, obviously a Hollywood version of what lucid dreaming is, because yeah. they're well aware that they're not. I'm well, get to at certain points that they're not in a dream, but it just basically like really amplifies the certain points because for the most part, when I'm in, when I'm in a dream, I don't know. I just wake up and like, oh crap! Like I've had times where I've like even when I've woken up disappointed because like shit, I'm not in a dream. Like I've had times where I, I could sing. Like I remember one dream I will sing. I was like, dude, I'm a fucking superstar, bro. And I woke up with my talented ass. Talented ass. I'm like, fuck, can't sing at all. But <laughs> I remember in that dream, dude, like that was my reality. So when I woke up, I was disappointed. It's because for however long I was sleeping, eight hours or so, I was in that reality. So I woke up with the disappointment because it was real for me. I mean, I, I don't like... As far as like inception goes, like as far as like getting ideas when you're sleeping and stuff, I don't necessarily know if I get ideas, but I do remember like moods. So like something will happen that makes me feel a certain way. And then when I see the person I had a dream about, I'll remember like, oh, I was confused and concerned for your safety because blank happened in my dream. But I wouldn't remember it unless like I laid eyes on them that day. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, as far as, like, getting ideas and stuff like that, like, when people go, oh, it came to me in a dream, I don't, like, that's, I don't know if that's how my brain works, Mm. necessarily. I do have, like, times where I'll be sleeping, and then I'll wake up. I Like, I I don't know how this works, and I know that everyone dreams, it's just some people don't remember them, and I think I'm one of those people. Like, I don't, I can never remember a dream, never, like... Last time I remember one was probably maybe four or five years ago, and I was in the safari chasing a zebra. I don't know why, but I remember that. <laughs> like, it's very weird why I remember that. But anyway, the reason why I say this is because, um, yeah, I don't remember a lot of dreams, but for whatever reason, I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, shit, that's a really good idea. And then I'll just write it down for, you know, whether it be like for another podcast. Um, uh, idea or just something just to think about like i don't know the the brain is a very weird weird thing and i i wish i could know more about it like that's just another conversation i guess to, to be had but 
when you know when they had mentioned going down deeper and deeper and deeper into your brain to the point where it's like limbo i think that's a really cool concept to to delve into because i guess that's like the the depths the depths of your brain of your soul or whatever it is you know and i guess i don't know when you go down there do you you metaphorically lost is that how it is yeah i mean i guess that's the idea of it but i was like finding myself wondering like what are the limits if you have like 500 years down there i'm sure you'll do some crazy exploring but like will there be a point where it's just like blackness nothingness that you can't manipulate or is that i mean i'm not sure that the fourth level even like exists in reality as far as being in a deep dream state but i guess it would be like essentially that the realm is as big as your imagination is because if you can keep building it, I guess you should technically have an infinite amount of space. But I guess if your imagination is limited or you run out of things to think of, it might just be plain. It's like like there are scenes where it's just an empty city. You can have this massive city, but like there's no one in there, you know. So I don't know exactly. Those are the parts that like you know you definitely kind of have to fill in the blanks for yourself. I'm sure Christian Nolan probably get annoyed if he asked like, dude, this movie came out ten years ago. Like stop it, you know. But I'm, I, it's a good question, though, because it's like essentially being trapped in your mind would be a painful death. There, there are been other concepts of that as well, too. There's a Black Mirror, award-winning Black Mirror episode. I think it actually won an Emmy, where essentially it actually has the whole episode on that same theme, where except it's on video games, where I don't know if you guys have seen it. It was the episode where there's these two video game, two big video game designers in a sort of company. And more or less what happens was one of the lead guys that's like uh, the creative force behind all the games and the computer programming, he's treated like shit in real life. Like every, like his employees don't respect him. Even his, uh, his uh, partner who runs the company with him is like an asshole to him. So what he does is and he goes into this virtual reality world and he treats everyone who's wronged him in real life. He, cre- he treats the video games versions like complete dog shit, abuses them. It is wild. It's a very good episode. I mean... But essentially what happens is, I don't want to kind of, I won't spoil how it happens, but he gets trapped in his own head and essentially suffers his fate, like similar to Inception where he's like, so either someone has to pull him out of that world or he's just going to die. But in that realm, it's like time's infinite and things like that as well too. And the world is, the world is as big as the updates they make in the game. So that's the interesting thing about that because there are limits. So it's as big as the program. So that's kind of similar to what we do in our heads as well too, where our world is going to be as big as our imagination. And technically, your imagination should be infinite. Even people that are not very imaginative, you technically still have that infinite amount of resource. You just don't know how to use it properly. Right. Huh. Interesting. So I actually have something. So do you guys know how deep level-wise like they went in in someone? For instance, that sounds really weird when you say that like that. When you... (laughs) (laughs) We're all deep and they go into this individual's mind. So I looked it up and they went seven layers down. Sheesh. Yeah, that's a lot. So, seven? Yeah. So let me just spell it out real quick because I don't want to bore anyone. So it's reality, um, Inception's reality, which is the Dreamer's Cobb. And then you have the Van Chase. And then the fourth level is the Hotel Bar. Layer five is the Snow Fortress. Layer six is Cobb's Limbo. And then layer seven is Sado's Limbo. Oh, so, huh. so then the real the question is, what happens when someone from one of the upper levels 
like the the main dreamer, I guess, which would, would be Cobb in, in this particular movie. What happens if he wakes up? Does everything else collapse? I think that is how they like when the dreamer like learns that he's awake and all the projections come and everything starts shaking and exploding that like draws everybody out of it. But with the sedative, that's a good question. Yeah. Cause oh, yeah, I don't know if right. like, le- if like level two, if for some reason, like he wakes up like in the airplane, does that hmm. cascade effect that like ruin the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like, I guess the whole point is that he's in a deep, deep sedative where he can't wake up, but like, I don't know what happens. Sorry, I'm asking more questions to make you guys more confused, but I just thought about it now, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's, that's like a... The process of waking up, they stretch it out, because in real life, waking up is like, and you're up, right? But in that realm, like he was, like Miles was just saying, like things start exploding, and it's drawn out a little bit longer. So when they got to that bottom layer, I remember when they were like, I guess the guy was waking up, like that bottom layer, like they had like almost like an hour to figure out how the hell to get out of there. And then each, as you guess, you go up to each layer, I think your time gets shorter and shorter because time is different. So it's, yeah, they, it's a very confusing way because yeah, the waking up process was a second, but that's reality second or however long it took. And then depending on how low you go, or deep you go into the dream, depends on how much time I guess you have to get out. It, it changes. So if you go a layer deep, your time to get out is going to be different than a person that's of, you know, two layers deep because time is different. And that's um, that second layer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was like when people were falling and stuff, they had hours on the next layer and exactly. it was like seconds on the layer before it. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, this seems like it's probably a pretty good breaking point right now to take a just a brief little break so you guys can hear some ads maybe and how to get a hold of me and all that good stuff. So we will be right back with more Inception. Today's episode is presented by Veyer. Veyer was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Veyer returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches that are built to last. Veyer is a true American watch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Veyer is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code podgo15 go to verwatches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today that's v-a-e-r verwatches.com and the code is podgo15 well i hope you guys are enjoying listening to this episode because we were having a really good time thinking intellectually about the movie inception so if you want to check those guys out they are june and tad of the puzzled minds podcast I kind of forgot to ask them to plug their own show at the end of the episode, so I'm going to do it again later, but I just want to give them a big shout out and thank you so much for doing this with me, guys. It was so much fun, and I hope we get to do another episode real soon. So, everyone, if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. If you want to see some of my collaborations and my fellow podcasters, you can find me on Twitter at the Disc Dump. On Instagram, you can see some exclusive pictures, and that is at Podcast. Again, there's two P's in that one. On Facebook, there's a page 
the Disc Dump Podcast, but also there's a group that is much more fruitful on Facebook. That is the Disc Dump Podcast Fans Group. You can join that group, post memes, look at the memes I post. You can talk to people who've been on the show. You can propose ideas for new episodes, whatever. There's sometimes like participation things like... On this episode, I have a little contest. If you can draw a maze in one minute that takes longer than one minute to solve, then yay! So you can enjoy that reward of excitement on the Facebook group, Disc Dump Podcast Fans. So I have a couple of fan shoutouts to do real quick. First off, I want to say thank you to Morgan S. No. He was my first fan, and he is doing a lot to push his friends into liking the show, and he talks about me a lot, and he's always messaging me, and it's a good time. Thank you, Morgan, for your dedication. And as promised to Big C last week, she was my 100th Instagram follower, so I promised her that she would get a shout out. Big C has a beauty boutique. If you want to get a hold of her because she has a much better sense of style than I do, it's linktr.ee dot ee slash diva styles. Go ahead and check her out. So thank you, Big C, for being my 100th Instagram follower. Last but not least, I want to say thank you to Terry, because Terry is also a very dedicated listener, and he's been on the show a couple times, so thank you, Terry, for helping to promote the podcast and telling your mentors about it. And I'm pretty sure by your mentors, you mean the dudes from Suicide Silence, but I could be wrong. So yes, thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for listening. If I say some information that's wrong in the first or second half of this episode... I don't care. I already acknowledged it at the beginning that I am wrong, so don't get too torn up about it. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you're enjoying it. I'll catch you guys right now, I guess. Yeah, dude, this this conversation is confusing the shit out of me the more and more I talk about it. Yeah, Inception is a topic where there's no definitive answer. Which I, I like, but I don't like. Because like that's that whole, you know, we, we love to know answers, but if we don't know, then it makes us want it even more, you know? Well, already, yeah, in, with Inception, I already knew that there's going to be more answers and more questions than answers because that's how that movie is designed. Like, there's no right answer with that film. Like the ending of that, the ending of that film could basically be anyone could be right. If you told me that you think he got stuck, there is a valid argument for him being stuck. If you told me that he got out, excuse me, there's a valid way you could describe him getting out. There's no, it's not a movie that has a definitive end. It's like almost with, um, well, like, well, I don't want to spoil the last of us, but the, the last of us, part of the reason why that game was last of us two was so controversial because it had a very similar, it had a very thematically similarly structured ending where there is arguments on both sides that are very, very persuasive. So what, what, what was that paper that you were talking about um, with the inception? Like, what do I type in? What are you talking about? Did you oh, say there was like a Harvard paper or some shit? Like yeah. That? You can type in like um, dissertation or like college dissertations on inception, something like that. Like there were like a That's bunch crazy. of crazy. 
one dude in his fucking basement with a bunch of like little race cars like coordinating action scenes and stuff there are people who are doing dissertations on his little story that he wrote in his basement yeah like there was like i remember there was one yeah it came out a couple years ago this is a year ago so i don't know where it is yeah here it is critical analysis of inception with respect to culture industry but this is 53 pages long yeah this thing is it's ridiculous Baylor university 2012 this is like two years after it came the film is because the film is so unique man that's the thing like there have not been so many i can't think of a film within the last i want to say honestly five years that has been original and as good as inception so So, okay so do do all christopher nolan movies end like that like i've i've probably a lot of christopher nolan movies but i just i uh i just saw tenet in the theater tenet is not is not good. Yeah. Is it good? It's not good. No. I was oh. so depressed to hear that. Like when I sat down and I watched it, he just tried so hard to make it confusing that it was unfollowable. Like er- everyone in the theater walked out and were like, "What the fuck?" So how was how was the whole like watching a movie with COVID? Like, are they still making you like sit sit six feet apart? Like, how does that work? They just opened them up on Tuesday, actually, this week, and um, mm-hmm. they basically can sell half the tickets, and you sit wherever you want. Gotcha. So if you're with a group of people, you can all sit together, but people in their right minds would like not sit near strangers. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I'm not sure if you saw. I'm not sure if this is even accurate, but they were saying that how AMC or one of the other big movie giants, I guess, uh, they were doing like 15 cent movies or some shit like that. Is that yeah? Is that something yeah, that's going on in your area? Uh, we don't have any AMC's up here, but there are a couple um, down in Maryland, not far from where my girlfriend's from. And I haven't been there, but from what I understand, they're doing just anything to get people in the door so that they're like, "Oh, movies are safe," so they can start coming back and paying full price. So I uh, we had this conversation on one of our episodes. I think it was the COVID one, and um, you know we were like movie theaters were done, or at least one of our guests had said that it was done. And I, I, I really do believe that to like it'll be a while before people really feel safe with like going back to the movie theaters or even just adjusting to this. But I think that they're going to have to have something that's new in the sense of like four is it four D. It's like we're. Um, have you ever been to like Disney World or Disneyland? Yeah, the four D movies are awesome. Yeah, where like you feel like, for instance, like Ant. What is it? Ants, Ant's Life or Bugs Life? Where like Bugs something's life. crawling, and then you can feel it in the back of like your your seat. Like you feel like something like touching you. Like I feel like that's mm. what's gonna have to happen to get people back in. Like that's another level they have to add. If that makes sense, you know. I feel like it's either that or VR, which eventually will be like a combination of those two. But I mean, yeah, yeah, it's true because I mean, but also as well too, I guess it depends the kind of films that you're watching because there's certain movies where you don't need 4D to watch. Like I don't, like Inception, yeah, it's a spectacle. I would like to see it, but there's certain movies like, for example, like, for example, um, I'm trying to think the last movie I watched that really wasn't, like The Revenant. Other DiCaprio movie. I don't need to see that shit in fucking 4D and have like me think of bears actually chasing me and trying to molest. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah I, I guess. I, yeah, I guess it would be like certain movies, like obviously not fucking Remnant. Yeah, like uh, 
like a war movie, I guess. Well, I don't know. That may cause PTSD, but like, you know, the shaking of like your seat, <laughs> like, you know, something yeah. like a bomb is dropping. You're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And like the shake is, the, yeah. the seat is shaking or I don't know. There's, there's certain movies. I mean, I can't what you're saying. There's certain movies that like that would enhance it, but there's certain movies that like it might take away. Like I might stop, mm. stop focusing on the movie itself and then, you know, be focusing on like the spectacle of it. Yeah. There's a, at the local movie theater we have, they're what they call D box seats. There's two of them like right in the smack dab middle of the theater. And it basically is that like, it's like a vibration chair that will like lean to the left and lean to the right and vibrates and like shoots oh, mist at you and shit. Yeah. So it's, it's on the horizon. Oh damn. So I actually have that stuff. Yeah. But it's nowhere near like what Disney yeah. was. It costs like $30 a ticket to sit and vibrate in your chair while you're watching an Avengers movie. It's not worth it, but oh. yeah, find a way to make it a decent market price. And also it'd still be as good as it, like you just described like i'm not gonna as much as that sounds cool i'm not gonna spend 40 dollars. could you imagine like going to the movies would be a hundred dollar experience mm. yeah like yeah that'd it, be crazy there's some movies that i would love to see that in like avengers endgame would definitely that ending fight scene would be awesome to see in 40 and glasses and all that shit but beyond it i mean like i think there is the way to do it but there there i think the movies would have to be generating so much revenue that they have a surplus to the point they can start experimenting. Right now, they're about to go out of business, so I don't think you see that you're going to see that stuff anytime soon. AMC literally like teeter tottering on bankruptcy. Like I think that's the reason why they're doing the 15 cent tickets. They have just barely survive, but they're like I think they said over 40 percent of uh, theater chains in like either China or Japan are shutting down for good. But see, I feel like the Hollywood would not. Hollywood is such a huge industry that there's no way that they would let this shit like they're gonna find something to make sure that their money back like i guarantee yeah. you so who was i was listening to something i can't remember who it was but christopher nolan i don't know how much this movie cost like what 200 million yeah I, didn't uh, I have it written down here hold on it was all the way on page one it was they spent a hundred and sixty million, and they made like two hundred and forty million. Oh, but wait, what? They made? Oh shit! They made their money back. They made way more than their money back on this one. Holy well, shit! I was not expecting it, like, that. Well, they've made. Because you also have to account for marketing and paying the actors. So the budget of the film usually is not thoroughly indicative of how much it totally costs. Yeah. Because you have to pay for it. I mean, right now they're not. Their marketing, I guess, might have been cheaper because they're not flying around the actors and all that because of the COVID. But like Avengers Endgame, like the price tag on it's like, you know, two hundred million. But it's to make billions, a actually. Huh? Yeah. yeah, it was over a billion for Endgame. Well, yeah. So, so they basically made all that money. So, you, but out of that chunk of two billion of profits, you have to account for a two hundred million dollar budget just to make the film, to hire all the people, paying the actors. On top of that, building that little like basically mini city they have when they have to make all these sets, and you know they fly people out to Atlanta, and people like Robert Downey Jr. had a literally had a like a tour bus like the size of like a mini house so all those things account into that stuff so it ends up being almost like a almost like double the movie movie budget like alita battle angel they said the reason why that film failed was because it couldn't even it could barely make its budget back because the market it and to make the movie the movie itself was like over 100 million and to market it was like never like 100 million so when it barely broke even it's like you're barely you're, so it made like 
200 million, let's say, for example, right? Or however much you made, 175 or whatever. That's just barely $35 million profit. So you barely made back even what the cost to make the film. But is it but is it impressive that he made his money back with COVID? Like, I guess that, that's Probably impressive. To me, yeah, to me, that's impressive considering the state of how people are and, you know, with half capacity and still making your money. That's impressive. And I don't really know oh, shit I think, about. I think I was talking about a different movie. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no. I was talking about Inception. Oh. Inception. Uh, I just found the numbers: 160 million costs, and then they made 292 million on oh, Inception. Okay. But I don't know about the new. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I think that, that's what I was talking about. I was like, um, with him, do you think it would have been better to just sit on that project? Uh, he sat on it for a long time because it was supposed to come out basically right when COVID uh, hit. right when COVID hit. So he waited until this week to let it out. Mm. Uh, it, the budget was two hundred and twenty-five million, oh. and Ooh. that's a lot me, of fucking me, money. Let me see what opening weekend was. What's it called? It says Tenet? it'll have to make Tenet, T-E-N-E-T. And I'm looking at the title of an article that could be wrong. It says that Tenet would need to make $800 million to make back the money that they oh, lost. That's a lot it of came money. out this week, right? Yeah, either this week or last week, yeah. I'm trying to see if there's like a number. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, so would you, if you're that director, like if you're Christopher Nolan, would you just hold it off even longer? Like why was there such a need to drop it now? I think it's because movie theaters are coming back and then mm. they're going to crash and burn and he loves the theater. So he was just like, oh. out while there still are movie theaters, as I guess, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. But what about just saving it and then just doing like the whole, like, what are they doing with Mulan? Aren't they doing it like digital? Yeah, that comes out, I think, today on uh, Disney+. And so you got to pay like, you know how much it is off the top of your head? If not, that's fine. I just... Um, just for Disney plus costs like eight bucks a month. So that's all it takes to watch it. But that oh. movie coming out, they're banking on new subscribers being like, well, I really wanted to watch Mulan. Oh, so wait, everybody wait. throws their money. In a so pile. you don't have to pay an extra to watch Mulan. It's just, you just got to have Disney plus. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen it with my own eyes, but that was what I was understanding from an oh. article I read earlier. That's weird as shit then, because all you need is one person to have. It's just like the Netflix thing where people share their password. That's what I do. Yeah, so that's weird. I would have thought they would have put like a little price on Mulan, like even like twenty. Well, that was supposed to come out when it uh, when COVID hit too. So they held on to it all this time, and at this point, they're like, "We need to make money off of this yeah. because we're in debt." So I think they just released it to hopefully get more people, because all the ads for Disney Plus right now are like, "Here comes Mulan." Uh, so I got you. Yeah. Um. Do you? Do you like? Do, would you enjoy just watching movies at home instead of going to the movie theater? Well, my girlfriend worked in a movie theater for like eight years, mm-hmm. so her thing is like every Tuesday we go to the movies. And now that the movies are not a thing, we're like kind of going crazy. Yeah. But we also watch a lot of movies and Avatar: The Last Airbender here, mm-hmm. so we do watch a lot of TV. But it was definitely superior to go to the movie theater. Yeah. We even would see movies that we had already seen just because it was nice to like go and sit and be in a big movie theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just didn't know like the people that I've talked to, they're not again like 
they're they watch movies but they're not uh, i guess cinephiles i guess you know and so i asked them like you know how would you would you would you rather just watch it at home in the comfort of yours and you can drink and do whatever the fuck you want and they're like yeah I'd, i'd rather do that and so it's just it's just very it's just very interesting to have different perspectives of you know someone who really appreciates me movies and stuff like that versus someone who casually watches it and how they how they want to look at um at cinema there was a hot minute where i wanted to be a filmmaker mm-hmm. and like i had started a quote unquote company with this dude we were like writing partners i was helping him get his movie made and turned out to be a catastrophe because he wasn't super trustworthy blah 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 but like studying film to like try and be good at film has given me a totally different appreciation for the Mm -hmm. art like it's kind of like i don't know if you guys play instruments like learning how to play a song kind of takes the magic out of it at least for me that like oh now i know exactly how they do this and Mm -hmm. i'm not impressed so a lot of times movies and stuff i'm like i don't this is not great not even like movies that people say are good movies just because i'm like they didn't do anything like special everyone's standing in the center of the the shot and like the conversations there's are not super dynamic blah 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 so that like i'm really into the like especially television like long form stories being told over the course of like 10 years mm-hmm. that's my shit like i'm all about that yeah so nowadays it's become honestly almost better than films because basically it's like a 10-hour movie it's, it's like an hour an episode and if you get something really good like for example breaking bad which is like arguably one of the best shows all the time that's a basically like however long the season where that's like a 10-hour 10-15 hour movie you know even game of thrones for example think about something like that hmm and it, I mean, it just, it takes so much energy and effort to make them too, that like the fact that it flows so cohesively when you watch it is amazing. Cause there's literally like 50,000 people involved on some degree in making this thing happen to come to your eyes. And it just looks like Walt and Jesse are arguing again about cooking meth. Like it's, it's so amazing to like, think about the whole production of something and what all goes into it and what the final product is, is it's a beautiful thing in my opinion, but like not everybody knows how to appreciate that. If that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. I don't, like I said, I'm, I think I'm one of those people where I'll watch it. And I mean, that's, that's about it. Like I, I don't really delve much deeper into it. I don't really know what goes on. Um, that's probably partly due to, you know, not me not knowing like what, what goes into it. But I mean, if I, I feel like if I, if I did study it, then I'd appreciate it a little bit more. And I'd probably like, for me, I watch movies just to watch them, just to say that I've watched them, but I don't like, I don't take anything in the first time watching it. Like I'll, I'll be straight up. I'll just, I'll watch it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was good. That was bad, whatever. But then when I watch it for the second time, I'm like, oh shit. Like, for me, so this is a weird thing. So whenever so whenever Endgame came out, I actually watched it on a porn website in <laughs> France. And so okay, so hear me out on this. So I watched it because I wanted to know like what happens. You know, I don't care about the visuals because I was gonna I was planning on watching it a second time, so that way I could appreciate visual art and all that stuff. But I didn't have to worry about what the plot what was going on because I already knew about it. So for me, at least like I love to watch stuff 
like leaks and I don't fucking care like what the quality is. I don't know how to do that, man. That like that to me can ruin a movie. Like I uh, have absolutely. To, I have to be I have to be shocked. Because no. I like with Endgame, I don't know, man, it's a skill you have, dude. Because I honestly every time I watch a film, they're very I won't say this for all movies, but they're very for the most part movie i lose the movie gets worse and worse to me not in terms of like it's a bad movie but it's like for example like there's certain movies i can watch only a few times like if i were watching inception i love that movie and it's amazing but it's not nearly as good as the first time i saw it because that visual shock and plot shock and all that hits hard the first time when i view films there's certain movies i still enjoy no matter what like skyfall one of my favorite movies of all time Another good one, yeah. Yeah, Scrapple's one of my favorite movies of all time, or even uh, Logan. It's like still, Logan's currently my number one. It actually dethroned, um, it dethroned the Dark Knight. But the Dark Knight was my number one for a very long time. But um, similar taste, my friend. Yeah, man. You know, but uh, yeah, there's certain movies that I just kind of like. I have to kind of be shocked. Like, there's like, for example, can you imagine? There's a movie that came out. Was it last year or the year before that? Um, it was the what was it Knives Out. And, that's a good movie yeah but it's a mystery right so if you find out what it is that's it uh well okay i guess that it 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 works with certain certain types of movies yeah. like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go on a fucking porn website like two days before to find a leak for knives out like that's mm. not i'm not gonna do that but for something that big that i've been waiting for like oh okay uh like spider-man homecoming mm. like I, I couldn't. Do it. I have to watch it. That's a that's a spectacle for me. So I have to see it in its best quality. Like I have to see it. I have to see the best version of it. I couldn't see it like on the little small, you know, like yeah, Vita screen and be like, okay, well, this is good enough. Like for me, I can't do that, man. It ruins it. I've done that before, and it has literally ruined movies. Uh, for me. Maybe yeah. I'm just I'm fucking weird like that. I'm just like I, I understand. Like I understand where you're coming from. Like it's you want to experience for the first time on a big ass screen, but for me at least like i think i'm just more visually i guess inclined and the, while the plot is is it's obviously a big part of it if i'm going to go to the movie theater i go there because i want to see it visually and so if i'm focusing on the movie and i can't really like look at the screen everywhere like i'm only focused in the middle which is which is what cinematography is like you put your main focus in the middle right but sometimes so okay well i guess sometimes you know you have it in the middle like that's where your focal point is but there's other stuff happening around like small details and then you know for me at least like i'm not saying that i like look at every fucking detail but it's nice to just appreciate like the the visual aspect that they put into it that's true yeah so, I mean, yeah Speaking of details, um, so I just saw another thing that I know that we can just talk in circles all day about is Leonardo DiCaprio stuck in a dream. But there was one last thing that gave me evidence to feel like he was still in a dream was the very last line of the movie. I had the subtitles on so I could understand it. The kids, he says, what are you guys doing? They said, we're building a house on the side of the cliff. And that was what like they were oh, doing. The when the yeah, so I don't know. I feel like that's more evidence that. that he's still in a dream. Oh shit! I definitely miss that because I, I, so I watch movies with subtitles, even if it is in English, just because I have a horrible, horrible sense of hearing, and uh, so oh, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I, see, we're different on that one as well too because the subtitles are always ahead of the movie, 
and also the subtitles sometimes can give away certain things. Like I noticed it in um, was it Endgame? If you put on the subtitles in Endgame, you uh, like when they open the portals, it will say on the bottom of the screen "portal opens" before it happens. It'll tell you what's happening. Versus when you first see it, all you see is Cap's confused face and you hear the noise of like that. And you're like, what is that? And then he turns around to show you what's happened. The suspense, yeah. Funny thing about subtitles, um, if you watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail with subtitles, there's subtitles for a completely different movie. What? Yeah, like the the first time I saw Monty Python, we turned on the subtitles, and the subtitles were, I don't even think it was a movie, it was like a play about the same characters, but it was completely different from what they were saying. They do it on purpose? And, yeah, it made me so mad because I was like, I don't understand what's happening in this fucking movie. <laughs> you got some like Chinese bootleg. You're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it was like the the 30th anniversary edition or whatever oh, I got, and I I turned on the subtitles and it was for something completely different, and there was no subtitles to know what they were actually fucking saying. Yeah, that's fucking funny, dude. Props was, to them, dude. That's a fucking troll yeah, it was move. Pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. That's fucking funny, but um. Yeah, no, I I did not like see that whole like we're building at at the clip. Like I didn't even see that. I didn't, mm. Yeah, it was the last line of the movie, and then it like cut out to the uh, the top spinning, like it zoomed away from them as they ran off into the sunset. And that it's just crazy that that was the last thing they said. I've seen this movie six hundred times. I didn't pick it up until today. Like I said, I don't know. There's there's one more theory that I that I looked up, and it was saying that Cobb was actually the target of the Inception. Ooh, that's a good idea too. And said that the goal was to like remove the guilt from the death over his wife. And I can go more into it. I can go more into it if you want to, but it'll literally be me reading something. Yeah, no, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. But that is crazy though. Yeah. So these the way that these people think about it, it's very interesting because I'm like, damn, dude, this this movie just gets better and worse at the same time. Like it really fucks with your brain, that's yeah. for sure. I'm just like, look, like I I thought I knew it, but now I don't. And then I'm like, oh, well, you know, there's a different way to look at it. Like, I, I fucking hate this movie, but I love it at the same time. I, yeah. I, there's never been another movie like that. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I, I don't really understand it, whatever, I don't care. But I, I really wish there were more more movies like this. And if you guys know of any, then please let me know because I'll – definitely watch it pretty much every chris nolan movie like have you ever seen memento uh i actually don't and that's the reason why i didn't pick that one um that movie like i i've literally talked to like 10 people about it every single one of us has a like oh at the ending when this happened and we all have different opinions on how the movie ends like nobody thinks that the plot of the movie is the same because they film it completely out of order so like it's just random scenes, oh, shit. but it kind this. of brings like a plot together. It's one of the most mind-bending movies ever. It's watch so it good on Netflix, hopefully. I think it's on there. But okay, so the point of this show, gentlemen, is: Do I want to keep the DVD or do I want to get rid of it? So here's here's a little bit of uh, subplot of this disc in my hand right now. I bought this on DVD. And there's a big sticker on it that says Oscar winner. Mm. And I got it in college. It was in the school store. 
And so I bought it, and it's the DVD. So this is standard edition. And then I bought a D or a Blu-ray player off of like Craigslist or something, and there was a Blu-ray of Inception inside of it. Oh shit! <laughs> so now I own a, a, a Blu-ray and a DVD of Inception. So it's kind of hard to justify to keep both of them. But what do you guys think? Should I keep both versions of Inception, just one or neither of them? Both. Oh, I was going to say, why would you watch the non-Blu-ray version? Well, my thought is, if someone wants to borrow it, I have it, Ooh, but it's also like completely me. available online. Yeah, like you. Like, if you had come yeah. and I'd been like, you know what, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, this might, this is all feelings, no facts. I'm, I feel like most people have DVD players, like Blu-ray DVD players, like PlayStations, mm-hmm. Xbox. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. But like I said, that's all. That's no. That's all feelings, no facts. I don't know. Didn't they stop making Blu-ray players? Like they actually stopped making. I think so. Yeah, like uh, like the actual players themselves, they pretty much come in conjunction with an next-gen console. Yeah, I'm gonna go. My answer is gonna be because to be a good to be a good friend, I'm gonna say keep both. I guess with your with your reasoning of. You know, if someone on offset chance does want to borrow it, you can you can be there for them. Now that wouldn't be a good reason to keep them another DVD, but this one I think it's worth keeping. I think you're right. Mm. I th- that's the consensus is we're keeping both copies. Alrighty, so I want to say thank you to the Jazz June for the use of the song "Viva La Speed Metal" off of the album "The Medicine." It's some really fun rock and roll music. They've gotten me through some hard times, and I suggest you check them out. And I mean, if you like them, buy the CD, support local artists. I think they would appreciate it. So that's the Jazz June, the song "Viva La Speed Metal." I also want to say thank you to the Fat Rat for the use of the song "Unity." That's that fun, bouncy EDM music that you hear, bringing us in and out of the ad spots, and we end every episode with Unity by the Fat Rat. Check that out on YouTube. I think that's the way he wants me to promote it is look at YouTube because he gets paid. At this point, he has millions of views, so that's the way to do it. Uh, If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On Twitter, I'm at the Disc Dump. On Instagram, Disc Dump Podcast. You can see some exclusive pictures on there. Uh, on Facebook, there's the Disc Dump Podcast page. But more importantly, if you could join the Disc Dump Podcast fans group, that would be better because you can start some discussions, have some polls, post some memes. You can talk to people who've been on the show. Lots of good stuff. That's where the meat and potatoes is of Facebook. Is the group, the Disc Dump Podcast fans group. Gentlemen, what do you recommend to the audience? All right. So I'm going to recommend um, an anime, and hopefully, people do check it out. Um, I'm going to recommend My Hero Academia um, to make it, uh, to give, I guess, like a comparison. Uh, I would feel like it would be like a, an X Men, but anime version. Um, you know, people have different different powers, or I guess quirks in this particular case, quirks are superpowers. And, um, you know, it's, you know, good versus evil, but it has a a lot of character development, um, visually appealing, um, fight scenes. It's a overall, I think it's a very good, um, anime to start off with. My Hero Academia. All right. I'll check that out. Yeah. 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 Oh, and if you want, you can watch those on Hulu so you don't have to 
uh, I can find it, I guess you can definitely find it on Hulu or if you are a weeb, you know, you can find it on, on Crunchyroll. <laughs> HBO actually owns Crunchyroll now. So if you have HBO now, you can, uh, yeah, they, like all the streaming services that Time Warner owns are all connected to the new HBO app. So like Crunchyroll's on there, Turner Classic Movies. It's a whole shitload of them. I've been promoting the fuck out of this on my podcast. Like every episode I'm telling people like, yo, HBO's where it's at. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Movie wise, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go for movies. I recommend people watching because I really feel like this movie does not get enough respect. It's like a film that either you've watched and everyone loves it, or you have no idea it exists, and that's Ex Machina. A great movie. Yeah, it's a fabulous movie. It actually has uh, it's one of the movie, it's one of Oscar Isaac's movies that like no one even knows that it was him, and um, it pretty much the premise is pretty much this guy is like this kind of like this recluse super genius guy that works like that lives in the middle of you know like bumfuck nowhere right this intern student comes to you know basically tour and kind of work with this guy and see how this genius lives and this guy's created developing an ai and it it kind of circulates around the themes of like essentially we're not that different from artificial intelligence artificial intelligence were to get to certain levels it would be completely indistinguishable between human beings and i can't really go too much into it because I will say I will say this: the ending has to will blow your mind, and the whole film is a horror. Very, it's almost a low key horror film, and I don't feel like I feel like it didn't even mean to be a horror film, but it's a very unsettling movie. But it's very well done, so I won't say too much more because I'll get into spoilers. So if you guys get a yeah. chance, check out Ex Machina. Yep, psychological thriller for sure, and it's Michael Fassbender's super hot wife is the robot, so that oh. is also a good reason oh, to watch shit. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hachi machi anyway thank you guys for doing this with me this has been so much fun thank you for no having problem. us man thank you yeah, it was like time. i said with talking about this movie gets more confusing and i love it yeah for sure i thought this would be a good movie for you guys to do with me again if you want to hear these guys they are really great super smart fellas and i really enjoy their banter uh you can find them the Puzzled Minds Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Check them out. Alrighty, audience. Well, until next week. Bye bye now. <laughs>